So we're kicking off a series. My husband kind of started it last week, and he talked more about the um, self-life and the fruits of the, not the fruits, the fruits of the flesh, I guess. Yeah, they can be bad fruit, right? Um, But I am talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And so we're going to have a series, I don't know how long, I think maybe four weeks, I don't know. So you'll be seeing a lot more of me because we're going to team up to do this series. So the fruits of the Spirit is actually one of my favorite, most favorite topics in the entire Bible. Because if we could really grasp what they mean to us in our life, it would transform us. Um, so often it's like a cliche or like we just quote them, especially if you're in kids' church or if you're in any realm of children. It's like you have a song and you have the actual fruit and it's really cute, but like it's really life transforming if you really understand it. So um, one of the hardest things for me just being in ministry is over the years just seeing over and over people get their lives transformed at the altar. They have these awesome experiences with the Lord, um, sometimes very vocal, sometimes not in my preference of how they display their um, experiences. But it's not for me to judge. But either way, they have these amazing experiences. And then we just don't see them after. Yeah, see? You're blocking me. And then... And then after so long, the hardships of, of life happen and, and, and they, we just don't see them or we see that they fall back into um, destructive lifestyles. And it's got to be the hardest thing for me because it's my heart to see people set free and to live this life the way the Lord planned for us. He, it says, the devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he has come to give us life to the fullest and when I don't see people living that full life or even on the, on the path, because we're all on the journey, like you'll hear in this message, I'm going to tell on myself like I always do, we're all on the journey. So that's got to be the hardest thing for me. So I wanted to kind of touch on that, why I think that happens. So let's look at the fruits of the Spirit. You might have them all memorized. You can start doing the little song in your head. But Galatians 5.22 in the Amplified says, But the fruit of the Spirit, the result of His presence within us, is love, unselfish concern for others, joy, inner peace, patience, not the ability to wait, but how we act while we're waiting, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And in some versions, um, patience is long-suffering. And so next week, that's... Just give you a little hint. That's where we're going next week. But um, so I'll tell on myself. So I don't know about you. This is my story. All of my life, I've wanted to be good. All of my life, it's my goal to be good. Um, Very different than my husband. So... Just, just to be true. I mean, honest. He, I ask him all the time, like, but were you thinking of like the consequence? Nope, nope. Wasn't thinking of the consequence. And for me, I'm constantly thinking of the consequence. It's the craziest thing. Like, I was born with this giant conscience. Like, I wasn't raised in church. Um, My parents, when I was younger, there was like alcoholism, and we, you know, I, I didn't. I'll sum that story up, but I I just, church wasn't a thing, praying at home wasn't a thing, reading the Bible wasn't a thing, 
but I desire to know God. It was just a deep desire. I don't know why. So I had my parents take me to church and drop me off. I rode a bus to church. Um, so it was just always a desire. Here we go. To be good. So I was never once in trouble in school. Not once. Um, so I just really always loved being good. I want to stress that. Um, and so there was just a desire because, one, I saw my um, sisters make the wrong decisions, and I saw the consequences of those. Two, I had this deep down thought of disappointing God. And nobody really taught me that. So I do feel like the Lord was on my life from the moment I was born. But um, funny story. I mean, I mean, I'm going to tell my sisters. They've told me I can do this. Um, my uh, sisters, they were a little wild. They were like David style. And um, <laughs> they... <laughs> I love him. I'm so glad the Lord transformed his life and that we could, we could be married. This is, when I say this, I mean past David. This isn't pre, pre, current David. So um, I, just funny story. I remember like when I was young, like that conscience that always like I could not hold on to something I knew. So for the love of God, I wish my sisters would not confide in me, but they would confide in me that they were smoking cigarettes or they would tell me they're going to sneak out of the house. And oh my gosh, I would toss and turn all night long because they had to tell me this. Like, please, just don't tell me. Do not tell me. And they never learned. So I would toss and turn and toss and turn. And then I, I, it just would eat at me till I would get up and go downstairs and tell my mom, wake her up in the middle of the night. Yes, that was me. That was me. I was the one to tell on my sisters. They're doing this. And it would, like my mom was like, what, what, what's happening? They're smoking a cigarette. And my mom's like, oh, God. You know, it's not even that big of a deal. It's not a giant thing. But in my little heart, it was like a huge thing. So I tell you that just so you understand some history of why this whole Fruits of the Spirit thing is, has been an ongoing struggle for me. Um, some of us are not wired that way, and that's okay. Uh, there's a lot of us that are more free-spirited, and I can learn from those people. I learn from my husband all the time. Um, and they don't, <laughs> they're just not really, there's someone why there really are two different types of people. The people that are constantly thinking of a consequence and they process things. And then there's the people that go with how they feel and then they deal with the consequence later. So we're all different. Um, so <laughs> my point in all of this is that, uh, being good is all I knew and my motive like I told you, was just because I didn't want to disappoint God and I didn't want to get in trouble. Um, eventually, being in church, eventually I started going to church in about, um, I got involved in a youth group in high school and I started to hear the message of grace and how you can't earn your salvation. And I um, kind of grasped that, but it still felt kind of far-fetched. Like, yeah, but you can't just live a life of hell. Like, you, there's really, like, you really just need to do the right thing. So it was just the justice part of me was like, yeah, but you need to do something. Um, <clears throat> so in this past season of my life, 
there's been many hard seasons. And, and newsflash, we all just keep going into different hard seasons. So um, once you're over one, there's going to be another one. And so every time I get up here, I feel like I'm like, and in this season of my life, it's like every season of my life, is there's a struggle. But in all seriousness, this last season <laughs> takes the cake um, <laughs> of all the last. And we all think, like, no, this is the hardest one. And then the next one, you're like, no, 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 this one isn't. But that's how I am right now. Um, so it's been, I lose track of time, but I feel, uh, I, we've been fostering now a year, and then it started about four or five months before then. But that, this whole process of fostering a broken child and the, everything that comes with that, and I can't really get into details, but just the brokenness of the entire situation um, and how it affects our family life and how it affects my life. Um, and it pretty much wrecks your entire life. Like anything that was comfortable, that felt good, or that you finally felt like you got down, forget it. Yeah, no, that's all gone. So it has been really hard. And in the midst of the time, you know, I thought I was all of, I thought I was pretty much covering all the bases with the fruits of the spirit for the most part. I didn't feel like I was had arrived, but I felt like in general I'm a patient person. In general, I'm kind. I'm loving. Like uh, I I think I've got I'm not far off. I'm in track with the spirit. And then <clears throat> nothing like a good trial in your life to realize, no, no, you still have a long ways to go, like a long ways. So in <laughs> this current situation, I feel like one thing after another would happen, and I just could not keep my patience. Now, I'm not like a rage person. I'm like, my version of losing my patience is being like really irritated, like so frustrated that I just am so annoyed and I complain and I go into a victim pity party. Anybody else? <laughs> Everybody's like, yes. So, and I know that it's unbecoming. It's not what is the best for me. And so it bothers me. It bothers me that I can't be more perfect. And so, that, that's true. Like, I want to be more patient. I want to be all of those things. It's my desire. So I remember in the midst of this whole situation, like numerous times, praying and praying and praying, God, I want to be patient. Make me patient. I'm going to be patient. Like, I want to be like you. I want to be patient. I want to be kinder. I want to have more grace for this situation and for this child. Like, help me be more like you. And then the next day, I would will myself. Like, I am going. Like, this is going to be the best day. I am going to be patient. It doesn't matter what happens. I'm going to be so patient. God's going to be with me, and I'm going to be patient. So I'd will myself, and you know where this is going. That day probably was the most hellish day on the face of earth. Like, it's like right when I was willing to be, like, help me be patient. Like, they always joke about don't ask for patience. Um, well, yeah, that's true. And so that day, I was like, wow, like anything that could go wrong has gone wrong from the second I woke up. Like, you know, the worst attitudes, the everyone's sick, like, the dog threw up on the ground or who, whatever, like every scenario you could possibly imagine from the time you woke up started happening. <clears throat> so 
I would then start in being upset with myself. And it's, you know, you know where I'm going with this, and I know this is a basic message, but yet I also know the Lord has it for all of us and that we're still not done getting rid of this junk. So here I am telling on myself. So I <laughs> then would feel bad, and I know not to. It's like, so I'm trying to get to how we can get past this. You know deep down if you've been raised in church, and if you go to Rock City, you know that you know you should not be striving to be and you should not feel bad and shameful yet I was so I remember going you know just telling David like almost every night like I broke a record and he's yeah every night <clears throat> for a season it wasn't the entire time but there was a time where I just kept telling him and crying like honestly like I feel so bad about myself I should be better than this how long have I been a Christian? I feel like he's mad at me. He's disappointed. Why can't I get it together? How can I lead if I can't even get this together? So it was just a constant just shame and they you know some people don't understand shame but shame is exactly where the lord wants to keep you because shame says something's wrong with you and the enemy yeah the enemy wants to keep you there because it's you constantly thinking something's wrong with you you should be better it's the lies of the enemy and i was taking them just like as if i didn't know it and i know that i know that it's the enemy but it's like i couldn't deny it it in my mind. I couldn't make myself not feel bad. So then I just kept feeling disappointed, venting to my husband, and basically I was manifesting. So <laughs> manifesting, <laughs> it sounds like a big crazy word, and in some ways people manifest very dramatically. Um, like in a physical way. I do not really, um, I'm more chill. It's more my version, like I just said, like, you know, just getting it all, like I bet I should be better than this. And it's like complaining and like, I want to be done. And at one point I've hated, by the way, I've hated to see the ugly parts of my heart in this journey. I've hated it. But at the same time, David reminds me, he's doing such a beautiful work in you. But in the time, it feels like crap. It feels like, okay, this is not fun. Like at one time, the Lord gave me a vision of myself like a bratty teen, uh, toddler kicking and screaming on the ground. Because that's how I saw myself wanting to get out of the situation. If this could just end, if my situation could just end, I would be fine. Not how the Lord works. It's never going to go fast. Just going to give you the if your situation you're in. It's just never going to go fast. It's going to be long, long, not going to happen, not going to end when you think it should. Just going to spoil alert. Like, don't think it tomorrow. It's going to end. So it's just because he's doing something in you. So I was manifesting and manifesting just means whatever dark part or bad part that needs to be dealt with in your heart is coming to light. And once it comes to light, you can either choose to deal with it or you can just stay there and keep repeat. And he'll give you another trial so you can keep repeating. And you won't grow. You'll just keep repeating the whole thing.
So I would determine in my mind, I would be full of these negative thoughts, whine to my husband. He's so gracious. He has a lot of mercy. Don't be so dramatic. It was not that rough. Anyway, in, when you get in these hard seasons and you can't figure out what's, you know something's wrong. If you, like the fruits of the spirit, I've always said it is like a checklist in that if you're not manifesting any of those fruits, like I literally, not even just patience, I highlighted patience, I felt like I was missing all the fruits there for a while. Like no fruits were found in me. Like I was not loving I mean, this is how I felt. David said I was doing really good and that I was really, but the, the shame filter says, I am not all of these things. I am not love. I have no joy. I've lost it. Like something's wrong with me. And that's the shame filter. Once you let, get it started and you don't stop it, you just go into this whole pity party about how you're never any of these things and you're never going to be and it's never going to end. So that's called manifesting. So we've got to get deal with it. And the way to deal with it is to get desperate. So I got pretty desperate. And when I say desperate, I mean I'm not a morning person. David should, he needs to testify to this because he knows I sleep in, I'm always the last one up, and then just like don't talk to me until I've thoroughly had a coffee and... I need to get my grip on the day, and then it, even a little while after the coffee hits, maybe then I would be good to have a good, like a full sentence. So then this is a miracle in itself. So I have changed. I got so desperate for change that I started getting up two hours before my kids started to get up. If you're a mom, that's like you need to just fall out. It's a big deal. So I was like, all right, Lord, you know, I know all the scriptures. I know that something is missing in me. I know that you want to do something in me. And I know I'm not all the lies I've been believing. So I'm going to find you. So I sat in the dark for hours Just, you know, praying and worshiping and saying, I'm here. You said if I seek you, I'll find you. Not always. It's not like I've never not been a Christian. I live and breed church, people. I teach children about God. But apparently it wasn't enough because I wasn't desperate enough. I was coasting. We all can fall into it, especially if you work for a church. I know the stuff, but when life happens, you have to really know the stuff. Like, there was still parts of me that needed to be worked out. So, I mean, weeks of just getting up at dark, half awake, getting my coffee, and like, Lord, I need you. Like, in a really desperate way, like, I need you to change me. And I want to be like, because I don't want to waste a hardship. I'm like, I'm really in that type A way. I'm like, oh no, we're not just doing this for the fun of it. 
Like, we're not just like, because God didn't cause this to happen in my life. But I want that, I want it to matter. And I don't want to come out of this just like, oh, yeah, it was hard, but, you know, thank God he was with me. No. I want to be like a different person. Like, I didn't do this just for the fun of it. Like, this isn't fun. Might as well make the best of it and learn something. So I was like, that's just my practical way of living. So I'm just like there begging God to touch me every single morning. And then it, I'd be tired in the afternoons, and it, it doesn't matter. Eventually, my body just changed its clock, and I just wake up without an alarm, and I just go meet Jesus. So you got to get desperate. So then over time of seeking him, it's like it finally hit me, the most obvious thing, and you might laugh. He is the fruit. I was like... All of these times, you are good, God, you are this. No, no, no. That's actually his list of characteristics. That's who he is. The Father is patient. He is joyful. He is kind. He is faithful. He is patient. That's who he is. So if we want to be that way, we cannot self-will ourselves to be any of those things. We have to actually know him as that. How can we know him as that if we don't know who he is? If we don't know who he is in the word, go to the Gospels. Start there. That's what I did. Remembering what he does, how he answers people, the miracles he does, how faithful and good he is, how chill he is. I mean, he's like, calm down. I know you think you're going to die here, but like, take deep breaths. I'm going to calm down the storm and just calm down. So, like, he's just chill because he just has this, this inner trust, and I want to be like that. So it's who he is. Um, and even though that sounds like common sense, so often we depend on our own strength to self-will. And it's, you know, it's probably more so, I'm probably just preaching to myself, but it's probably more so my personality, the type of person that just born wanting to be good. Um, But I think in some ways we all try to self-will it. I think we all want to be good. It's deep down our desire. We want to be those things. And we say today we're going to be those things. But we have to remember Galatians 4.19 says that Christ be formed within you. The focus cannot be on external behavior. It can't be on how we are acting and doing. It has to be an internal work that he does in us. We can't make it happen. I want to make it happen. I like to make things happen, if you know me. I like to move fast. I have checklists. And it's like the Lord just still keeps teaching me, like, you cannot make this happen. I have to do it in me. That's what grace, grace is called. So when we become, the, thing, the problem with that is whenever we do self-will, then, and we say we're going to be so, something, whenever we are having a good day and we are able to be all of the fruits, the fruits are being displayed in our life, then our um, spirituality becomes about us. So then it's just all about us and measuring up. But the Lord has to do the work in you and then it's not short-lived, it's long-lasting. So his grace is empowerment. 
That's what grace is, his empowerment, him doing the work in you, you not making it happen. So John 15, one of my favorite, and man, I'm out of time. I'm going to make this ending part fast. One of my favorite verses in the Bible, the whole section, is John 15. So we're going to look at John 15, 4 in the Amplified. It says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit by itself without remaining in the vine, neither can you bear fruit producing evidence of your faith unless you remain in me. You cannot do it on your own. You cannot be good You cannot be anything on your own. So instead of trying to focus on being good so much, focus on being fascinated with Jesus. And then it naturally happens. He does the work. You don't just take the weight, take the pressure pressure off. His burden is easy. His yoke is light. He doesn't say work really hard and be these things. And if you don't, there's a consequence for that. No, he says his burden is easy, his yoke is light. He does the work. All you have to do is stay to on the vine. Instead of trying so hard, we've got to, well, we don't have to self-will the fruits of the Spirit. We, ha- we become them when we behold him. I'll say that again. We don't have to self-will the fruits of the Spirit. We become them when we behold him because you become who you behold. This does not mean we just sit around and do whatever we want. I have to get this in there. You know my personality type. I'm not giving you an excuse to be like, oh, well, the Lord's doing it in me. So I don't really need to like try to be kind to anybody. I don't really need to try to get with the Lord and like um, read his word or worship. Like, you know, he's just, he, it's all grace. It's all grace. Nope. You have a part to play. So um, as Christians, we often call call things striving that are simply spiritual disciplines. I love that Dallas Willard says, and yes, I'm obsessed with him, um, says, grace isn't opposed to effort, but to earning. Change doesn't happen by accident, but by intention. When we determine in our hearts to make more time for God and his presence, and I'm not saying a checklist. I'm not saying, like, do your devotional. I'm saying, like, seeking him like I was telling you about at the crack of dawn. And I really do think there's something to the morning because nobody can interrupt you, like, especially if you have children. And you don't think about your to-do list. And Jesus got away often early in the morning. And I tried to deny all of those scriptures in the Bible for so long. It's like, well, it was different back then. It, you know, that he didn't have small children. I would tell myself all of that. But no, there's something to it. Like, so try it. It's, there were no flashlights. Well, so we have to sow to the spirit. And he read a lot of that last year. And you reap what you sow. Sow to the Spirit, and then you get the fruits of the Spirit. It's really that simple, but we have to talk about what it looks like to sow. So Galatians 6, 8 in the Passion says, The harvest you reap reveals the seed that you planted. If you plant the corrupt seeds of self-life into the natural realm, you can expect a harvest of corruption. If you plant the good seeds of spirit life, you will reap beautiful fruits that grow from the everlasting life of the Spirit. 
So your heart posture matters. You don't go in with a checklist of like, I'm going to do my diligence to have my quiet time and read my scriptures today so that I can be like you. No, no, no. You have to intimately know him in order to be like him. It's just like, you know, our kids, we talk about that all the time. You're to have a true relationship with someone, you have to spend a lot of quality time with them, getting to know them. Then once we truly know his nature, his ways, his voice, we naturally start to be like him. He, start, he does the transformation work in our heart. So back to what I said in the beginning about everybody having these experiences. And I witness these really awesome experiences all the time. And my inner prayer while I'm watching it is always, Lord, make it stick. Don't let this be an emotional experience for them. Let this be a transformation. Let them wake up tomorrow seeking you and starting their walk with spiritual disciplines because that's what sticks. You need the encounters, and I'm all about it. I am not anti-encounters. I just think that can't be it. You have to follow through with spiritual disciplines. And you, I, that's not fun news for a lot of people, but you will not stay transformed because when... Life happens. It's not just that encounter you had like a year ago that you get, keeps you on the, the straight path. It's what you've been doing along the way. So because, um, what's his name? Pastor, he was here. Uh, Cole, Paul Cole. I love that he said, behavior follows belief. And we, the tagline for this series is, Fruit of the Spirit, an invitation to encounter God, because it's true. Each fruit is a part of God he wants to reveal to us. And once we really believe he is all of those things, our behavior follows. So we have to know what is his image and and how do we hear his voice. I'm going to try to make this last part really fast. So I love what Graham Cook says. Each fruit has a voice, and you can hear God's heart through each fruit. So if each fruit has a voice and you know that you're struggling with patience, that's me. I'm just going to keep picking that one. It's a hard one for me. Um, Then I am practicing hearing God's voice as patient. So every time I feel like I'm getting upset with myself or someone else, I try to hear his voice as patient and kind. And he's long suffering over us. He has so much patience with us. And so when you start hearing his voice in whatever fruit you need help on right now, it really changes your perspective. So, I, yee, this service is so fast. Okay, so I got a prophetic word this last summer from Kevin Lill. It was long, but I'm just going to tell you one little part of it. He said, you're in the process of going from Sarai to Sarah, the mother of a multitude. I am working mother inside of you, the ability to form the nature of the king in your children. You're in a custody battle, but it's about the custody battle for your identity. It got me thinking quite a bit about my identity and how it has been a battle. And this is my story, but it's your story. Any story that you're any trial, any hardship that you're in, it's a custody battle for your identity to remember you are loved and he is faithful. And if you forget that, you'll lose the battle. So everything is about, every hardship, every situation in life is about the Lord solidifying his nature 
in you. Once you really know him, it's like it takes, it takes the hard to finally realize that's what he's working in you, if that makes any sense. So it's back to the vine. If we just keep staying on the vine and believing he is who he says he is, um, he will do a beautiful work in you. So Beth Moore says uh, some amazing things about vines and grapevines. And if you read her book, I think it was a few years ago, I forget what it's called, but it talks a lot about the vines. And she's, she talks about how when grapes, when grapevines are, are in ideal conditions and when the grass is, you know, the, the soil's great and the weather's great, they just produce leaves, lots and lots of leaves. But when they feel like the conditions are stressful and hard and they might not make it, they reproduce grapes. The only way they do produce grapes is when they are stressed and under pressure. So many of you, I feel like the word is, the Lord wants to do in our heart, is we want to give up. You are like a picture of me kicking and screaming. You want the trial to end, and you think the solution to your hardship is just for an answer, a resolve, a clarity, an end to your trial. But the answer to your situation is who you're becoming in the midst of it. Because the Lord is often pruning those who are most fruitful. He says, each branch that does not... I am the vine, the Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that continues to bear fruit, he repeatedly prunes so that it will bear more fruit, even richer and finer fruit. We have to be okay with the pruning. We don't want to just produce leaves. In the stress, in the hardship, if we're dependent and we just hold on to the vine, if we just hold on to the vine and let him, tr- let him do the work in us, that's my whole message. Let him do the work. Don't bow out now. Don't quit now. We're all in a season. It's like there's never a Sunday that you could preach a message about hardship and it not apply to everybody. Everybody has their own thing they're going through, and there'll be more. So if we don't catch it, if we don't catch that, we have to be connected to the vine and let him do the work in us and not strive to make it happen or to be something or to look a certain way. If we don't deny the lies of the enemy that say that you are never going to be this or you're a bad person, what transforms us is just letting him do the work and seeking him and getting desperate. So I don't know who here needs to get desperate today. But I'm looking at your faces. And I'm going to say almost all of you should be ready to get desperate today. What are you going to do about it? You're in your hardship. You want to kick and scream and complain. You want to be the victim. You want it to end. But the Lord just wants to change your heart. 
So if you're wanting to get desperate, I'd like you to stand and I'll pray for you. Go ahead. Lord, we're not here just to check the box. We're not here to have an emotional experience. We are here to be transformed by your presence. So we ask that right now in the moments we have left, that you would come encounter our hearts right now. Show us the areas we need to know you in a deeper way. We say today, I'm desperate. Let's all say, I'm desperate. I want you to change me. I'm willing to put in the effort. I'm going to keep seeking you. No matter what it takes. And I'm going to back down and let you do the work. I'm going to hear your voice as who you truly are. You are faithful. You are so good. <sighs> Guys, you have to do it yourself. You can't do it all. You have to say right now on your own. Tell him you surrender, you're striving. Tell him whatever he's talking to you about today. Let him do the work. Let him start the work today and commit today that you are not going to stop the process of letting him prune you and change your heart. Commit to him today. This isn't just a feel-good emotional experience. Let's walk out changed, committing to seek Him, committing to take the next step out of your comfort zone, out of your convenience, to seek Him so that He can wreck your life and change you. Commit to not waste your trial. We love you, Jesus. And Lord, I just thank you for healthy hearts, strong marriages, strong families, healthy children. I think that this church is alive by the spirit of the living God, that we walk in the spirit, we live in the spirit. I thank you, Lord, that when we sow to the spirit, we reap from the spirit. And I just pray complete restoration in the hearts of all of us here. Every man, every woman, every marriage, my prayer is healing and restoration. That comes from desperation. When you're desperate, you'll do whatever it takes. And you don't care what anyone else has to say about it. Whatever it takes, folks. I love you and I bless you mightily. In Jesus' name, amen. Have an awesome day, everyone. I love you. We'll see you guys on Wednesday.